Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. Yo, what's good, everyone? Alex Jeteris here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me, as always, my buddy, my close pal, the man with the plan, the one only, John Malika. But before we ask John how he's doing today, guys, you know what it is. We got to go through all housekeeping first. If you listen to this podcast on any audio listening platform, please make sure to subscribe. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are we there. Are there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us a five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to leave a comment. That just helps us out. We're also on YouTube now. So make sure to look for Nick's Jets, et cetera. That's Nick's, comma, Jets, comma, ETC, period. Find the homepage, subscribe, hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. All right? And make sure to leave a comment. Hit the like button when you watch a video. We'll interact with you. We love to see what you guys got to say. You know, we, we put out YouTube shorts now, too. We love the interaction with the Cam Reddish talk. If you haven't seen that clip, go back and see John's thoughts on Cam Reddish, whether or not he should stay or not. We got some other stuff coming out as well. Go check out the archives. But while you're also on that YouTube page, we got another podcast, Winning Picks Weekly. John, video producer Greg, they have to go down the NFL slate when the NFL season is in action. They give you their NBA takes for some TNT or ESPN games when they're on, but they just went down March Madness. They did their, they did the brackets. They gave you their, they took, they, 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 they give you their takes on the overs and unders. All right. Money line. You name it. They got you covered spreads. They got it all. They went down every single game, gave you all the details. And guess what? Maybe talks about doing another one and dropping another one this week. So yeah, we got definitely, definitely got Chip Murphy coming on. Uh, we're gonna re- we're gonna talk about the last games. We're definitely gonna go through the Sweet 16. Uh, those spreads are out, and uh, we'll go from there. Hopefully, uh, those brackets look a little bit better than our first brackets. Uh, but our our, our champs are, are still alive. Our final fours are intact for the most part. So we're looking good, man. We're looking good. Long long weekend with March Madness, but we're still here. We're alive. Hey, man. As long as Wisconsin wins the entire thing, I'll be a happy man. Let's go, Johnny <laughs> Davis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how, how many times do we have to tell you Wisconsin lost, bro? What do you want us to do? <laughs> you keep telling me Wisconsin, they lost. What else do you want? <laughs> uh, that's great. 
Or denial. We call this denial. This is denial. Yes, this is the denial <laughs> stage of just wanting Johnny Davis to win it all. And being a New York Knicks, damn it. I don't know what you want me to do. Change it. That's what I want you to do. Change it, John. I want you to go back in time, get a time machine, then go back in time and go fix it. All right. Can you do that for me? Can you do it? Thank you. Appreciate it. And then last and certainly not least, we're on all social media platforms. We're on, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. We are there. John. How are you doing, man? I just want to say that it's so funny. It's like how many? T- it's like that SpongeBob meme. How many times do we got to teach you, old man? <laughs> Wisconsin's <laughs> out of here. <laughs> they, they they lost, bro. I don't know what you want me to do. They, I want, like, they lost. Come on, man. Big Ten stinks. SEC stinks. That's what we learned. So who's your favorite? Who's the best basketball conference then, in your opinion? ACC, uh, Pac Ten. I, I, I think they're. I I don't know. I mean, this is a little off tangent for Nick's episode, but how how do you judge? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it is March Madness. How do you judge the best conference? Do you judge it by, you know, their strength during the regular season or how far they make it in the tournament? Hmm. The, price. The, 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 the coach excuse, the coach excuses to uh, always bowing out early is they beat each other up during conference tournament play. I'd probably go. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I would probably go with uh, the regular season because in the tournament, I feel like anything can happen, especially when you get something like St. Peter's just coming out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But we all know Doug is just a flamethrower, bro. So he's just carrying it. <laughs> we all know what it is. But I feel like it's yeah. the regular season because when you play, you know, your division or conference rival, whatever you want to call it, numerous times, it kind of shows who's good because you can figure out matchups. It shows like the actual cerebral aspect of the game. When you're seeing a new opponent for the first time in a 64 team matchup and you have no idea what can come down. I mean, it's at, we're either, we're either talking about NBA prospects who are one, usually they're one and done's right. Maybe max mm-hmm. two years. So there's always a high turnover rate. Like you'll get a team like Kentucky take on a more senior team. I feel like that's in St. Peter's, right? The more senior team who understands the game, knows how to play the team, a team basketball better, it, it, and who has one talent and just a good cerebral aspect of the game, it's always going to be just pure athleticism. I feel like that's just nine out of ten I mean, times. Yeah, but they're, I mean, they're all five star recruits in Kentucky. They should win the game. Uh, they mean, should. I mean, no, no, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, they should. Yeah. But I feel like that like, there's just a maturity aspect that comes to the game. Like, we will get it in the NBA, right? We talk about veterans having maturity and so forth. There's the except. There's always the exception where you have young guys that come into the league and take it by storm, like John Morant. But I feel like in college basketball, that plays out more so than the NBA because 21, your body's more closer to being grown and fully developed than an 18 year old coming into the league. For sure, the for sure, for sure. But I guess from the top down, I would say the Big Ten, even though Michigan is the only team left in there, kind of holding it down. Uh, but. I don't know, man. The that's why the March Madness is is the way it is. That's why everyone's brackets are busted, uh, because the the teams that you just saw last week killing it are you know are basically out at this point, and mm-hmm. all the teams that kind of you never even heard of or are weren't really that impressive are still alive. Like the U, I can't believe the U is out here right now, man. So and even you know Duke's still alive. So we'll see how it is. Virginia Tech's still holding it down though, so. See how that goes. 
John, just one more question though. What's up? How do you think Wisconsin's chances are at uh, making it to the final four? They're gonna win the chip, bro. Uh, <laughs> Thank I'll take you. any bet. I'll take I'll take any <laughs> bet you got any bet you want, bro. I'll give you plus ten thousand odds. Can't find it anywhere better. <laughs> I got you, bro. Appreciate it. See, that's the support that we need. That's the support that I need. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, John, outside of college basketball and March Bandis, uh, if you're a Knicks fan, that's probably what you've been tuning into, uh, just looking at prospects and seeing top recruits coming into the NBA like Jaden Ivey, Johnny Davis, uh, Mathurin, Chet, all those guys. There's still some Knicks basketball left. My boy, Chet. Your boy Chet, John, and Biggs is—I, uh, it's like I don't know what's the. Bro, he's not, no, him and and him, he's a mid-range king, bro. No, he's a good shooter. He's got—he's got a good—he's got—he's got, he's got, he's got yeah. a sweet jumper. <laughs> well, he, he can shoot. He can shoot. Yeah. Um, and he gets nah, big. Not taking, a, not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying that that is like it's like you and Jokic, you and uh, any other big in the in, in this goddamn NBA world that we talk about. No. I Isaiah Stewart. Nasty. Yeah, he's a beast. You, you talk about Andre Drummond. You want me to keep going down the line of centers that you just adore? How do you uh, feel about can. Rudy Gobert? <laughs> Yo, so yesterday I took uh, about 25 people to uh, the Knicks game yesterday. And um, there was, we, were, we had pregame access. So we were uh, you know right behind the Knicks bench uh, during pregame warmups. And as soon as Rudy came out, everyone, first of all, OB's the fan favorite. Right, like the little kids that there was like a little basketball team that came behind us too. Uh, Obi's the fan favorite, right? And then as soon as Rudy Gobert came out, everyone went nuts. I didn't realize that Rudy Gobert was the you know the fan favorite, but you know uh, he he showed out on the court too, man. So I guess I can't really knock him, dude. He keeps winning Defensive Player of the Year. He he really held it down, and we can get right into this Utah Yaz game, man, because. Anytime any player on the Knicks tried to even like think about going into the paint, Gobert was right there, dude. Oh yeah. And he solidifies the rotation spots for for Utah. Like it's hard to penetrate them because there's a double team every time you go near the paint. So there's and there's no reason to, you know, have a double team on the outside. Gobert's just holding it down and you can't pass behind him and you can't shoot over him. You know, he's a beast out there, and he actually has an offensive game. Like, he puts his, you know, ass in the basket trying to get points. So, I like Gobert, man. I have, not, I have nothing, I have really nothing bad to say about Gobert. I mean, uh, he, I, I know that he doesn't get along with Donovan Mitchell, uh, who we all, you know, like. Supposedly, yeah. Supposedly. So, I know there's a knock on him. Of course, the COVID situation. Yeah. Uh, there was that whole stigma with him. But, dude, Gobert's a beast, and... I know Donovan Mitchell was, you know, the sexy player yesterday, and that slam dunk was sick, and that behind the back, out of bounds, <laughs> save all, all the way up to the three point line, seamless bullet to his player, bro, was sick. <laughs> like all those things. He also he had the quietest, like 40, 35, 40 points in the Garden I've ever seen in my life. Thirty six points, quiet. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was. Besides that dunk, it was. It really was. When quiet. I saw they had thirty six points, I was like, he had what? Uh, when did know, that happen? I, I noticed at 33, I'm pretty sure. He, I think they were like free throws or something. I was like, how many points does he have? It's like 32 and 33. I was like, oh, my God, when? And so it was, he wasn't even the catalyst, even though he had that sick dunk. It was Gobert. 
we we cannot stop Gobert, bro. The, the centers are our kryptonite, dude, and it's I'm so sick of it. I I honestly am, yeah, and dude, another guy that Mitch can't guard. Like, you want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. He keep, like how many how many centers can he, our center not guard? I'm like, <laughs> I, 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 at what point are we gonna be like maybe he's not a starting center that we shouldn't pay him money? I don't understand. Yeah, I feel you on that. Yesterday was not a good showing for Mitchell Robinson going against Rudy Gobert. However, you did talk, you did tout Rudy Gobert's uh, accolades, and I'm not. I wasn't surprised that he didn't do well against Rudy Gobert because we're talking about like one of the best defensive. We're talking about like one of the best defensive centers in the league. Okay, so Mitchell Robinson in that matchup, I keep saying, man, it's like Robert Williams last season for Mitchell Robinson this season. It would have to be after he gets paid and next season he takes that Robert Williams type leap, uh, just to be a consistent big man. But there's games that you just know Mitch are not is not going to show up for whether that's Nikola Jokic, uh, Miles Turner, Rudy Gobert is one of them. But I don't know. I still you still got to pay him. You get you. Could, I don't even care if you get him into sign and trade for Jalen Brunson. I don't care what. I don't. I don't care. I don't care if he stays. You just got to pay him. You cannot let that man walk. You cannot let – you've had him for four seasons, and granted, this is a new front office that only saw him for two seasons, so they couldn't really make a full-on evaluation. You can make that You can make that argument, even though they should have been watching tape. Like, if you have Walt Perrin, all those guys, your scouting department, you should be making decisions like, well, he's done it throughout all this season. We're starting now to get an idea who he is mentally since we're now in the building with him. You had to make a decision in the last two seasons. So if they let him walk, that's a bigger indictment on the front office. So – you got to sign him, and look, when you go against Rudy Gobert, like I said, not shocked. You're talking about a three-time NBA All-Star, All-NBA second team, three-time All-NBA third team, three-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year in 2018, 2019, 2021, five-time NBA All-Defensive First Team from 2017 to 2021, NBA Rebounding Leader in 2022. You know what he's not doing? NBA Blocks Leader in 2017? Come in on, pre-game, man. In pregame, he's practicing dribbling the ball. And post up moves, Mitch Robinson. I'm sorry to say, he missed maybe 15 to 20 layups in pregame, and then he just pops threes uh, like he does every time. Like that's Bro, that's, is, that, that's his pregame. I feel so bad. I'm getting so frustrated. I mean, I'm at the point. I'm just frustrated after after last night's game. I don't know. You can't just be frustrated overall. And what what bothers me for Mitch is that he had two seasons on the Knicks. Without really any developmental training, like think of Fizdale and that crew had did nothing for him, and that's a season and a half of like wasted time. And then Mike Miller comes in here, and we start to see some good flashes from Mitch. Last season, we started to see him come along. Then he had working back from injury this season. I just feel I feel sad for Mitch. I'm, I feel frustrated for him, and I, I just, like frustrated as a fan that we've gotten to this point and we're actually in limbo of not knowing where he is because the Knicks as an organization for two seasons while he's been here has mismanaged how he's supposed to have developed and to become a, like an actual good big man. So he's getting better. We're losing Kenny Payne too. Congratulations to Kenny Payne being the head coach of Louisville now. Salute to you. But when you heard how Leon, uh, Leon Rose, Worldwide West, Julius Randle, all these guys were, were crying because he was leaving and you could just feel that father type figure. You even heard about the stories from him coming from Kentucky and coming to the Knicks and how Coach Cow is going to miss him, his intense workout drills that he has, the treadmill drill in particular, and staying in condition. 
in, in top shape form for conditioning. And I, and you can see that he's helped Mitch over these last two seasons. And so losing him is actually making me a little bit concerned of what is Mitch going to be moving forward without someone like that around him. Right. And like when we were there, we saw him working with like Kenny Payne, just like getting him going and all that type of stuff. We're at a pregame for uh, the Knicks playing the Timberwolves. Shout out to OmniFan and KFTV for that. But, yeah, man, it, it, Mitch is just, like, I wasn't expecting anything, but that's what happens when you see, like, a center who's actually taking the second round and developing to be somebody, and you're like, what could have been? <laughs> or what can be? I don't even know. I don't even know how to feel about it at this point. But, yo, man, Utah Jazz, that game, I don't know about you. And after watching the Knicks beat the Wizards, where I was so, like, they got the win. It, bro. Almost lost it, so it was like, wow. Like, we called that they would beat the Wizards. We we, we called that game. The fact KP. that it came down. Freaking KP, bro. And then, yeah, yeah, you have KP giving his sob story, like, oh, I had good times. Hey, bro, how about you just, you know, like, I get that you grow and you can do all those things. Nah, no, no, fam, sorry. I'm still waiting for the truth to come out. I'm still waiting. <laughs> so, you know what it is. Um, But that game was frustrating, watching the, watching the Wizards game, because we almost blew it. And then this game, where you have the second unit bring it, cut, cut, cut the Utah Jazz's lead down to four points. And then we trot in Evan Fournier, Julius Randle, Alec Burks after we, he takes out guys who are just killing it. And, and I'm looking around. And I'm like, yep, this is it. This is when we're going to lose. I just feel it in my bones. <laughs> sure enough, they did. And I'm just getting sick of this, man. I'm getting sick of. Uh, I'm getting sick of these poor rotations. I'm getting sick of the up and down play from the team as a whole. But one Julius Randle in particular, even though he had a pretty good stretch, not sh- not necessarily like the greatest shooting wise, but he was giving you rebounds, assists, and getting his points. I'm just frustrated, man. I'm just frustrated. He's the only one. He's the only one able to keep the defensive rotation. So the uh, I love that you started with, you know, talking about the rotation, how you were frustrated. So I was sitting in section 111. I had, you know, 25 people. I always spot, <clears throat> excuse me, for some reason, I always spot Chris P, Chris Percy, and he's always in, 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 in the section <laughs> next to me. It's happened like, I don't know, maybe like two, three times now, but now it feels like, you know. I hope you dapped him up, bro. I hope you dapped him up. <laughs> I always say what up to him. Like, it always happens. So. It was funny. He was, we were like tweeting, we were like basically tweeting at each other, like at the, at the time. And he was like, all right, we get, we had a timeout with uh, two minutes left in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And, um, he wanted Randall and Fournier to sit. I had a problem with that. Okay. I, I understand, right? You want, you know, time for OB, time to sit. I, I get it. But, dude, Fournier was our entire offense in the first quarter. I'm pretty sure he had 11 points, uh, and he had three threes. And then Randall was the only player holding it down in the paint and kind of playing that Rudy Gobert role where he was the only player guarding anyone, dude. Randall guards the best player on every single team, and we don't give him credit for that. And this is not a Julius Randall, like, uh, uh, you know, apologist tour. Like, he, I'm so annoyed with how he – Played yesterday. That was like it was kind of like my last straw on on that situation. The way he ended it was kind of disgusting. Honestly, it made us look really bad. Um, the way that game ended, like yep. it just looked it just looked bad. And I understand 
from you know from his point of view to be fair he said that he just wanted to go talk to the ref i think his number was 39 and everybody like approached him as if he was going to fight the ref which made him mad which then made it seem like he was fighting the ref and like fighting Rudy Gobert. Like that's how he explained it, which I, 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 I see that he's frustrated, but like that's what happens with like bad apple kids in the group. You know what I mean? Like I coach high school basketball, I coach college basketball. You know what I mean? We're, we've all been in high school, public school growing up. Like th- those kids that act like that, like they have, they have like issues. You know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're frustrated. They're, it's, it's a mental thing. It's not that they're mm-hmm. bad people. It's just that something is going on. And they're checked out of the situation. And I feel like that's what's happening here. Julius Randle is checked out of the situation. You could tell by, by, by how he's acting on the court, dude. He's just frustrated, man. And you could tell he's done with Knicks fans. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And you could tell the Knicks fans are done with him, even like walking out of the tunnel, very subtle stuff. But he's like, he's not, he's, he doesn't acknowledge anyone. Um, he's, he's pissed off. His wife is pissed off. He's pissed off. Like we're at odds with each other. I get it. The question around, you know, Knicks Twitter. Uh, courtesy of Nick Jets, et cetera, is, you know, whether you would take Randall or, uh, Tibbs next year, uh, you know, one or two or, you know, either or or both. And, you know, last episode, CK2K, uh, you know, went off about it. He's the one that really brought it up. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to get your thoughts on it, man, because I know, I, I, I guess like it, it really pertains to, I don't want to jump off the jazz game. So I kind of want to ask you, like, what do you think about Randall or Tibbs? But we could even like kind of forward it to the jazz game. Like, whose fault was that? Someone's fault? Like, whose fault was that? I, I don't think that was Tibbs' oh, fault. I, I, I think it was. The game was fault, all man. on Randall. Okay, for me, perfect. So for me, I'm glad we disagreed because for me, yes, it was on Randall, man. Like, I, it could be both. But I put, I put, I book. I put. We were, we were so close, bro. If RJ, RJ could not finish at the basket. Which happens sometimes, right? If, if those drop, if IQ hits a couple free throws, if Randall hits a layup, I mean, all those little things that that happens, like we're winning the game. Forget the swings. You know what I mean? Right. That's why I can't blame Tibbs for that. And like him, I, leaving, in, him leaving in Fournier and Randall in the first quarter was a good move for me. Yeah. And then they took him out next possession. That, that was fine. What bothered me is how Randall played, bro. He had good possessions, but he had. And I looked at the turnover rate. We were joking around with my friend who was there. We were like, yo, what's the turnover rate for the Knicks right now? And it wasn't bad. They were tied with Utah, but it just yep. fell. Like we had a hundred. No, it really did. Like four turnovers. Like I don't know yeah, what's going no, on. It, no, it really did. And I, the reason I blame Tiz is because you had this game in the wrap. If you really wanted to, to make a statement and make that playoff push that you've been asking for, right? That was the game. We're talking about that was the game where – it comes down to fourth quarter, late game adjustments. You see that your team's doing it. They brought it. They just brought it to four points. We've we've been through down this road before, where it's like, all right, we're in striking distance. And sure, we've seen the second unit be left in there for one game and fail, and then we saw them do it again against Detroit and win it the entire time. We've only had really two, maybe three that I can't even remember. But that game. I would have rather just seen all those guys just work so hard to get it back up before putting those guys back in because, and this is where I say you blame Randall. This is where I blame Tibbs. Your guy doesn't have it. He just does not have it. You just okay. see it every single time. There, he's bringing up the ball. He's tripping over okay. himself. No problem. No problem. No problem. 
what do you want them to do? Use Rudy Gobert and Rudy Gay, who Rudy Gay was locking down Randall yesterday. Okay, what, what do you want him to do? You're going to put in a, a, a Mitch can't guard Gobert. Randall's the only semblance of someone who could put up a fight. So what are you going to do? You're going to have Jericho Sidney saying- and Obi Toppin. Look, man, I know if but they're like, running can, if they're running it and they're doing well, you just let it go until you, bro, you, you start can't, to see. Bro, Rudy Gobert, you cannot. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I understand the sentiment. I'm with you. I'm with you. Play the young guys. Randall doesn't have it. Bench him. I'm with you on all those things. But at the end of the day, you cannot put like it's it's downright egregious to put in Obi Toppin and Jericho Sims to close out that game versus like Rudy Gay and Rudy Gobert, the way that they were playing us. We would have lost by 50. I mean, I know we end up losing by 20 anyway, like at the end there, which is disgusting. I can't believe I, it looked I, like that. But I'm just saying, I I, I think that he has no choice. You know I, what I'm I, get, I get your point. No, I, I truly understand your point. I understand where you're coming from. It, because we've seen Randall play well in four quarters for a good stretch of the season so far, like especially in the second half after the All-Star break. But... And this is where the, the butt comes in. You can't go to a guy who is not legitimately a closer. I, I get, I get the, I get the name value. I get the player value. I get all those things. But the one thing that he does not do well is close games. Yeah. This isn't last year's Randall. This is, this is, this is this season's Randall. He hasn't looked like that. And because of that, and because of the season that we've had and where we're at at this point, it just does not make sense to keep going back to a guy. That just doesn't have it. And I understand the front office standpoint too. If you try and trade this guy, you got to put him in the, in the crunch time to show that he's still actually worth that contract. I get, I get the quagmire that they're in. It's not, it's not easy. And it's not easy for Tiz because that is the guy. He is supposed to be the guy. He's not supposed to be a number one option, but for this team, he is unfortunately. So I understand why it goes back to him. But in a game like that, do I understand the whole Rudy Gobert and, and the Rudy Gay? Absolutely. I totally understand that. But he just did not have it. There's just some nights that don't have it. And there's some guys who just play, have an out of body experience. And you're like, Oh shit, I got to run with this guy. Right. It, like we complained about that last season when Austin Rivers had 24 points in like the first half. You're like, yo, don't take him out. He's, he's out of body right now. He, this man's cooking. Everything he's touching is going in. Yeah. You got, you got to yeah. let it run. And that's how it felt with the last little bit of the game. You just got to let it run. Just let it run its course. At this point of the season, I know that Tibbs is trying to win games and make the play in, but other guys could potentially give that to you. And when they're clicking like that, you have Emmanuel quickly who's doing it. Why are you pulling him out too? Why are you pulling him out for Burks? That makes no sense. And Fournier, like I get what Fournier did in the first half. Don't get me wrong. I get it. He's one of the best shooters on the team. First quarter. Sorry. First quarter. Let me, let me, let me clarify. First quarter. But now at the end of the game, where you have Emmanuel quickly going off, this is where it goes back. Like, oh, he had a good first quarter. If he had a good first quarter, you got to leave him in and do it. Well, if a guy's having a good fourth quarter, you got to let him leave him in and let him do it, right? I mean, he's going to break our record for for most three-pointers. And I'm not even talking about Fournier, but I'm talking about Emmanuel quickly, who is having a good fourth quarter. Like, you got to leave him in. Quickly drove me nuts yesterday. I mean, everyone on this team drives me nuts. That's just I mean, the nature of the season. Know, <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why, though, dude. I'll tell you why. He played so well. He... Was getting to his spot. Him and RJ Barrett get to their spots. They don't necessarily finish. IQ finishes better than RJ. RJ is obviously improving. Uh, he just has to be consistent on it. But they both know exactly where they want to get to the floor. They know their sweet spots and they get there, bro. They don't care. They'll get there. I- IQ also has his like Chris Paul, James Harden thing going. 
where he's able to get players like or you know Goran Dragic, yeah, like gets gets his butt you know in front of them and you know gets the foul. He he really gets the the defender out of position. He gets the defender where he wants them to be, which is a huge asset. Like he, he's really good. But dude, how are you gonna miss those free throws? Oh my goodness, that hurts so bad. That hurt. I know it was great that he got it. You know what I'm saying? So you know, give it, take it away. I get it. But that's what's that's what frustrated me. He was right there. It's like Randall misses that layup. He was right you know there. What? But you know what? Here's the thing. I can tolerate a second year guy in the NBA. I can yeah. tolerate a third year guy in the NBA trying to get their sea legs. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at IQ. And I'm that's not mad growing experience. And that's, that's a why growing I'm just experience. annoyed. I'm just annoyed. Yeah, no, no, sure, sure, sure. But that's a growing experience for those type of guys, right? Julius Randall, 27, bro. 26, 27. You've been in the league. You've been around the block for a little bit. You know, especially for last season. I can't have you missing free throws in crunch time. I can't have you playing up and down like the way you are. I can't have you choosing games when you want to play offense and defense. Also, dude, I can't have you actively fighting reps. This, like, I, 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 here's the thing. You took it right out of my. You took the words right out of my mouth. Like, I, I I've said this before, and I, it's I don't even think it's a tinfoil hat. Like, refs have pregame meetings about the tendency of the game upcoming and players and your reputation comes into play as the Marcus Cousins. You know what I'm saying? As oh, thank you for bringing up that name. Thank you, because let me tell you something. No, but go, go ahead and finish. I'll, I'll say what I got to say afterwards. No, no. I, I'm just saying, all, all, like, there is a stigma now around the Knicks when Randall's on the floor, and you can see it. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, and thank you for bringing up Boogie Cousins, because I was having this thought today. Julius Randall's on-court theatrics when it comes to, especially with the referees, all right? Sometimes with teammates swinging arms away and just being angry, giving the thumbs down to the fans and so forth, telling them to F off, essentially what he's saying. It's giving me Boogie Cousins white vibes. And I say Boogie Cousins white because he is nothing like Boogie Cousins. Because Boogie Cousins, that man was an instant, that's an instant bucket, instant board machine. Man could dominate. Okay. He was just on a crappy Sacramento Kings team. Julius Randle is, is Boogie better than Randall right now? I'm just saying, in general, I think they're pretty much like the same player. I think they are the same player at this yeah, point, yeah, and yeah. I think, and I think, and I think, just because of Boogie's injuries, if Boogie didn't tear his Achilles, dude's a still a beast. I, I think Prime Cousins and Prime Randall are about the same. No, 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 no. no. You think Cousins I can't, better? I can't. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah. More bro. dominant, more dominant big man, bro. He could shoot. He was, bro, he was a he was a, he was a stretch five that could yeah, back yeah, you down the paint. Like legitimately, bully games. He had bully games. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, man. He actually knew how to bully you. Like, Randall could be a bully. Randall chooses not to bully and be a jump shooter like Kobe Bryant. I'm like, bro, come on now. But anyway, I say that because you remember how Boogie Cousins always, he had everyone just like going against his like his theatrics and all those type of things. Like, Randall's doing that. The thing about Boogie Cousins is that you'd have to say Boogie Cousins is, you know, quote, end quote, a head case that was always reported. But, and the, the but was like, but he's a bucket. Like, but he'll get you points. But he's a, still an impact player on a team. I look at Julius Randle. I'm like, you could be an impact player some nights, but you're always complaining at the reps and everybody else. And you're talking to your teammates, saying, "Mitch, why did you miss that? Why didn't you get the loose ball? Why didn't you get regard to that guy?" You're complaining about what everyone else should be doing, but you're not doing it. Okay, I remember Doris Burke when we're watching the uh, the Knicks play the Brooklyn Nets, and she's like, "Julius Randle is on the strong side. He has to pick up Durant at that point." And you see him just like going. What happened? It's like, bro, like everyone's saying it. Everyone sees it. You can't choose. And he's been doing it the entire season. 
when to play defense and then get on everybody else for it. Makes absolutely no sense. Which brings me to my point, John. I sent out a poll today. We got some traction. I don't know if you saw it. We got some traction. We got 780, just changed. 782 votes are now in with 15 hours left on this poll. Uh, And the question is, one of these guys has to go. Who should it be? Tom Thibodeau, because we all know Tom Thibodeau is now the new guy there. Oh, oh, sorry. You gonna say? So, no, no, the new guy that needs to get axed, oh, oh, or, okay. or, or Julius Randle. <laughs> right. So, I don't know if you want me to go first. I can go first. Go I, can give, I can give you my. All right, my answer is going to be Julius Randle, like straight up Julius Randle. Like I, I cannot deal, and, and this is here's why. I, I think you can still win with Tom Thibodeau. I think he still has respect from a lot of the players in the locker room. Not that I'm like a beat report or anything, but I, the way I look at it is that everyone's still playing. You hear how players talk about whether it's Quentin Grimes, RJ Barrett, and how uh, he can get the most out of them. You hear how Thibodeau can be critical of these guys, and they're always looking to improve, whether it's Quentin Grimes making a mistake on a defensive play, and he comes back to improve, whether that's RJ Barrett. You had Tom Thibodeau at the beginning of the season say, you know, we just need RJ to get back in the gym and do X, Y, and Z. And then you see RJ just shoot straight up like a rocket, right? Just the way his game style has just changed looking to be like, even though he still has the blinders on sometimes, he's able to take it to the rack. He's able to draw the defense. He's able to, like, he, he's just improving his game. You just see the improvement. You see how Mitchell Robinson's gotten better. You see how everyone is just getting better on the team as a whole. I look at Julius Randle, and I'm, I, I think the theatrics of, one, arguing with the refs is not good for any developing player because when someone looks at that, that means, oh, if that's acceptable on this team in this league, I can do it too. Granted, we have guys like Man Quickly who knows how to talk to a ref and to be like, okay, and just and does all the proper things, right? Even talking to the coach, you still see Quickly and Obi Toppin give Tibbs their respect, his respect too, when they're on the court. And I feel like those type of young guys, even though everyone says Tibbs doesn't play young kids, I think he's actually the right coach to actually get young kids in line and playing basketball the right way. And that's why I would keep him around because if you remove Julius Randle, and we've seen it, we've seen how the team plays. It doesn't look pretty. Okay. We saw what happened when Randle was out, but you see that there are, you know, everyone would joke like, Oh, we're excited about ball movement and they're doing this, but those are the important things. You have to build the foundational things first to play like a team before you can actually start seeing that translate into wins. And I'd rather see that. Because it looks like RJ is about to take another leap next season. I'd like to see what Cam Reddish can do with another wing. I'd like to see Obi Toppin get a little bit more playing time. So remove Randall from the situation. Keep the head coach. Because also, I think even though people are getting upset where you talk about continuity and you even hear that uh, they don't, the like, what does Tibbs do well? We see his rotation suck, this, that, and the third. I still think you cannot fire a guy after two years, especially after winning coach of the year. I find that to be a little. Like if you if you if you win coach of the year, take this team from damn near out of the playoffs and that will take this team that was, I should say, that had a playoff drought. And then you take him to the playoffs and then you get fired the next year because everything that was supposed to be in your favor went wrong. Whether it's not having Derrick Rose, Neurons Noel being constantly injured, having two guys that don't fit your system. All right. Julius Randle, your top guy, choosing when he wants to play and when he doesn't want to play. Like, what else can you do? Like, seriously, what else can you do? You can talk about holding him accountable, X, Y, Z in the third. I feel like that's easier said than done. There is a delicate balance. But remove Julius Randle. Don't need a guy who's going to keep arguing with the refs. 
because we already see what the stink is on this team right now because he's not going to get a even though he'll get calls some nights just to make it look fair there's going to be big games where he just does not get calls because of that just around the league like it's just not good man his, his you can't i cannot have a guy on a team that chooses when he wants to play when he's supposed to be the number one option just does not look right does not sit right with the team especially when you have one of the youngest teams in the league and you're trying to teach him what it takes to win yeah can't have that just yeah. cannot have that three he's just inefficient this season an inefficient player that 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 holds on to the ball way too long unlike what he did last season Last season, he was the most team-oriented guy I've ever seen. This season, he's kind of gone back to the same habit of just, it's all on me. I got to do it. I'm the guy. I got to take all the shots. No, you don't. And then interacting with the fans. The thumbs down thing, I didn't really get hurt by it. I know a lot of other people did get hurt by it. But what does bother me about it is that you have the audacity to take all that energy and talk to the fans instead of channeling it in and putting it back out on the court. You could use that anger. You could use everything else and channel it in the right way, saying, you know what? I'm going to shut the fans up and let them, I'm going to show that I play. Because yeah, the fans I mean, are going to be fans. That's nice and poetic, but it's definitely that, that last point is where I'm going to push back. I, I agree with you. Uh, for me, it's Randall, that the guy that should be getting traded. It, it wouldn't be unprecedented to fire the coach of the year, right? There are some big names that happened to, like Byron Scott. Uh, George Carl, Avery Johnson, Dwayne Casey, Dwayne Casey. That's the famous one, right? Mike right Brown. But, but for those, but the, for those guys, like they've been with the teams for a while before it happened, though. They were there for like I think minimum at least three seasons before that even happened. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So there's, you know, there's that aspect. I, I don't think it would be too unprecedented, but I like Tibbs, man. I, I think all the knocks on him are talk about unprecedented. They're just wrong. Like, like the, the not putting rookies thing that we went over. The only thing I understand that people are upset about is sometimes he's, he's, uh, all stingy with his rotations. But at the end of the day, they always turn out to be the right basketball moves. Like Alec Burks, our best point guard. It sucks to say it, right? But he is our best point guard that we have, right? Like I understand we wanted to play IQ. But the, like Alec Burks was his most efficient point guard. You just have to do it. I, I get where he's coming from. You know what I mean? Jericho Sims, he had to like let him grow up a little bit, play some basketball in Westchester. And the thing about it. Jericho Sims, the thing about Jericho Sims, I dislike that everyone forgets is that he's on a two way. So he can't play yeah. more than 45 games. Yeah. Like, he legit cannot play <laughs> like he, like more, a little bit more than half the season. Like once he does that, he has to get a contract. He was slated to play zero games this year. Like with Mitch Robinson and, and Noel, he was supposed to play zero games. You know what I mean? So all of a sudden, you got this guy learning the new system of a veteran head coach. Like he's supposed to come in and play 30 minutes a game. Like it's just ridiculous. So I, I'm really not on board with, uh, with the, this is anything to do with Tibbs. I, I, I do, however, see why one of them has to go because I do think that there's some sort of, leniency that goes from Tibbs to Randall. And I don't think the rest of the team is cool with that. And I don't think it should be a cool. I don't think it should be a cool thing at all. I mean, we heard about those things in LA where it was Kawhi coming in late and flying and so forth. And you saw what happened to the guys. Obviously, obviously, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not, I know, I know you're, I know where you're going with this. 
You're not trading Kawhi Leonard. I'm not saying no, that no, Kawhi no, Leonard. No, I'm, no, but, I'm not saying it's a work ethic thing for Randall. Like, you no, know, he's not, 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 he's coming late. It's not any of that stuff. No, no, no. I'm not saying that, but it's the favoritism. It's the yeah. favoritism I'm talking about. Like with the Clippers, they were talking about favoritism where, oh, well, he lives, I think it was like in San Diego or something like that. So he has to fly in. So then the team yes. can go out and all those type of things. And you had Montrez Harrell and you had, uh, well, Phil Rivers was doing that. <laughs> and you had, uh, Pat Beverly, who are not cool with it, apparently. Obviously, those two guys aren't on the team anymore. But you just hear how some of those things can impact a team. But unlike, uh, Kawhi, uh, unlike Kawhi Leonard, Julius Randle is not that caliber of a player. So you can't say, let me just get rid of these two guys and let Julius Randle stay because He's that franchise altering player like Kawhi Leonard is. So, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's just that he's checked out, dude. Like, you've kind of alluded to it where the new NBA free agency is really signing a contract and forcing a trade because of the money that the CBA allots, like the 25%, you know, extra. So, or, or sometimes 30%. If you match the incentives. So now the new free agencies effectively sign in trades mm-hmm. after like one or two years. So I, I, I understand, you know, your, your, your set, your sentiment here where it's just like, yeah, it's not Kawhi's not walking through that door. But at this point, Randall is so checked out that you have to get rid of him, man. You can't have somebody checked out in your building. You honestly just can't. No. And it, it, it's infectious. It's infectious. And you could tell, like, look, go look at Fournier. Go look at RJ, how the reaction. Go look at Fournier at the end of that game where he's trying to hold Randall back. He's like, whatever, man. This is the same thing all the time. He exactly. had that type of look. And let me tell you something, man. After the game, ran, uh, Fournier and, uh, Gobert, like, out of, out of MSG on their scooters. You know what I'm saying? That's how they left the, that's how they left the stadium together. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they're chilling. Like Fournier is fine. He's respected in the NBA. And you could just tell that they're going to go talk trash about Randall. You know what I'm trying to say? Like I'm not trying to put words in anybody's mouth, but like Fournier, like go basically, yo, what's wrong with him? <laughs> like why was he screaming all game? Why was he, you know, and Fournier's like, bro, it's crazy over here. I can't believe this season. It's nuts. Like that's definitely the conversation they're having. I know I am ultra speculating here. But it's just a hat for sure. Yeah. But just the way, just the way I I see it with my eyes, like it really has no, this isn't narrative from, you know, uh, a a TV show debate, like a debate TV show. You know what I mean? This is just like what I'm seeing with my eyes. Like he's checked out, he checks out on plays, right? Shout out to Ariel, who we had on the show that, you know, always brings out those clips. So if you're asking me, dude, another thing is you can get something back if you get rid of Randall. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, like if you get rid of Tibbs, you just all you do is you lose a coach and you just lose continuity and you just suck. The guy who loves basketball, knows basketball, has been around the team, been around the media. Like you gain nothing if you lose him. But if you get rid of Randall, you get something back. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's, it's pretty simple for me. Um, and one of those things back could be Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I want to point out something else, man. My favorite part of going being around the Knicks, like behind the scenes, like not like when they're physically playing is watching Leon Rose interact with not only Knicks players, but away players like Mike Conley and Leon Rose, best friends, bro, best friends. You know what I'm trying to say? So I, 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 I trust 
you know, I, I trust the process almost uh, with getting rid of Randall and bringing in another star. I don't really trust the new coach in here. Like, that's not where I want to go here. Uh, D Rose is going to come back. Tibbs is going to be more comfortable next year. Believe it or not, Noel is going to be back next year. I, I actually believe that. I actually think he's going to be our starting center. Uh, the more I think about it. Oof. Yeah, the more I, I do, I think he's going to be our, our starting center and like Sims is going to be our backup. That's how I think it's the, the next year's center. Can you imagine Knicks are like, yo, we need to tra- get Mitchell Robinson's trade value so we can do a sign and trade for Dylan Brunson. Take a sabbatical, Noel. That's what I think is going to happen. We're going to sign and trade Mitch for Jalen Brunson. And then like Noel's just going to still be here unless, you know, we find, you know, a way to get rid of him. But then we need a real center coming in. So I think it might just be Noel on a cheap contract. You know what I mean? Just to hang out there. Um, and, and, and trade Randall for someone like a Donovan Mitchell, you know, with, with a package. If you, if you can, you know, yeah, that's not, ha- that's not happening, bro. I'm sorry. What do you mean? I don't, I don't see Donovan Mitchell coming here right now, uh, beginning of five year extension. Well, just wait, just wait until, yeah, that's not, it's the sign and trade free agency, man. Just wait until he loses with Utah and demands a trade. Did you, did you hear how he ended the last press conference? No, I didn't actually. The last three words he said, what did he say? Let's go Mets. I mean, the guy, the guy wants to be here. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, like he is all set with Utah. And if, if, if he wants to go and Leon Rose wants him, we're going to give up the house for him. We'll give up Randall, IQ, Burks, who's, who's their version of Terrence Ross, (laughs) right? That comes to town, actually plays well. Uh, give him a bunch of draft that, that Jalen Ivy draft pick. That's going to be gone if you want Mitchell. Uh, I, I think all I think all that stuff. I think all I that stuff really. Is, is I'll books. tell you this: if the Knicks somehow jump up into the lottery, like the Lakers did, like top four, like Ivy material, yeah, I you're gonna trade him for Donovan Mitchell. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Because if you said drive you know, Ivy, I would have went nuts. No. So yeah, absolutely not. It's, it reminds me of that. My favorite. We can jump off the top of my favorite Family Guy uh, clip. When they have the 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 box, you, know, you could have like you could have ten million dollars when he like wins a lot of whatever. Oh, you can take you, you can, can take whatever's behind the door, which is which is a new yeah, boat. You have, yeah, you could have the boat, or you could have this box. He's like, or which right, they have the million box. dollars. He's like, yeah, which, but what, 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 what if oh, it has no, a boat? It. He's like, what if it has a boat? <laughs> like, that's exactly what it is. So, for me, it's that's Donovan Mitchell all day. I, I think that's the move. If you give me, let me ask you, like, a, I know we're a little bit off the rails here in hypothetical land, but if you give me okay, Jalen, if you so give me Jalen, this is what happens when the Knicks are, are like the Knicks right now. <laughs> I know. What if you give me Jalen Brunson, Donovan yeah. Mitchell, mm. RJ Barrett, mm. Obi Toppin, Noel? That's a terrible, that's a terrible, <laughs> like, uh, center power forward, but. You think that you think that that's a that's a that's a playing team just based on that? Obviously, other players would come more depth. No, right? No, I know. So that's that's you need that's it, my, you need you need another power forward. Can we get Royce O'Neal on that? Di- no, can we get Royce O'Neal or do you bring in? Uh, do you Rudy bring Gay, in probably? Uh, or how about do you get or, or do you get uh, Pascal? You get Donovan Mitchell's boy. Pascal, oh, pretty nice, bro. Yeah, I mean, I think he would cost a lot. But they're, they're both Westchester boys. Yeah, I know. That and then we can have everybody. We can home. have him. We can have him. Mobamba. Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, now we're getting a little too wild. 
We're going to have Pascal. We're going to have Mitchell. We're going to have Obi Toppin who played in Westchester. <laughs> yeah, that, that would, that would be sick. So that, that's, that's my only, uh, like slight concern when we start talking about trading Randall. Um, I mean, unless like, I, like you Randall could, for Miles get, Turner. If you get, if you get not Donovan Mitchell, that's, I'm scared that's of a, a more, I'm, I'm telling you right now. It's not even I'm a mellow deal. It's not even a mellow deal. But the thing is, like, when you hear the name Donovan Mitchell, if you're another player, you think of, yo, yeah, I want to go. Like, where is he playing? New York? Oh, hell yeah. Let me go to New York and go play with Donovan Mitchell. It sounds better than saying, yeah, let me play with Donovan Mitchell in Utah. Well, listen, listen, it's Mitchell and RJ. And that's a, and that's a, and that's a nice little one, too. Yeah. Honestly. And it I, is. And I wonder, I wonder if you just make them the, the starting point guard, shooting guard. That's the thing, too. I don't even think you need Jalen yeah. Brunson at that point because we saw Donovan Mitchell play point, and yeah. at that point, exactly. at, at that at that point, uh, <laughs> so unintended. But when you watch oh, how he played, when you watch how he played, I'm fine. I get what you're two, saying. Yeah, it's I, two scoring I, guys, but you can figure out somebody else who can be that connector and figure out how to facilitate. Even Donovan Mitchell, though, Donovan Mitchell. He was moving the ball around, man. He had six assists yesterday. He knows how to, he's always he knows a, how to swing. He, he's the point guard, man. He makes Mike Conley on the bench, and he is literally just the point guard. You know what I mean? I, I agree with you. If we could trade Randall for like a Miles Turner up in here uh, and get a center on the opposite side and figure out something else with Mitch, I wouldn't mind that either. I know we are Look, a total man, I saw, I, I saw, I saw, I saw Miles Turner's TikTok with uh, trying to date that woman with the dirty knife. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And oh, I, you haven't seen that video? No, I also don't want to. That was the weirdest <laughs> intro ever. It's gross. It I thought you were going to talk about his knee. And, I thought you were talking about his injuries. <laughs> no, I have no idea. No, I was going to be, I was just trying to be funny, but, and it failed. No, but I don't know what's going on with this. I don't know what's going on with the social media. He has a great Lego connection. All right. I don't know what that means, but you're scaring me a little. <laughs> and. I, I, I still see the most likely thing happening is Mitch Robinson for the Jalen Brunson thing. There's a lot of smoke there. Yeah. And shout out to you for calling that, uh, Donovan Mitchell article, uh, day of by Mark Berman. You knew that one was bro. coming a mile away, bro. The John guy, smelled I, that. <laughs> John smelled that one a mile away. I've been around the block here, folks. Yeah. I've read, I've read too many articles, too many newspapers. I've seen this go. I like they literally West Coast teams come once a year and they, they have the, they have those in the drafts. Like when there's nothing to do on a random Tuesday night on a day off, they just go back and they write that article. Like, all right, let me just get the jazz article going. Like, you know what I'm saying? What did like, I write Donovan last year? Oh, let's just do that thing yeah. again. Let me get the Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks stuff. Like, I'll find a quote in here and I'll be all set. And I'll be hyped. Like, when I, when the deadline's do, and I have like a 75% written draft. I just got to write like a couple things here, a couple things there. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks and it's going to go viral. Like, it's ridiculous, man. It's so frustrating. Oh, and it's like, oh, look at the New York Knicks. You guys want everybody. The, the, the only thing. The only but franchise that don't do that is the Jets. The Jets, the Jets fans. Okay, we want everybody. I I agree. That's just, it's so annoying, right? Anybody that touches the market or anybody that's a trade, it has Allen Robinson for the Jets, <laughs> and, and then and then they cry and go nuts when we don't get him. That's the Jets fans. The uh, fans you know who I remember? Side. You know who I remember the most? We could have had the best one-two defensive backs with Darrell Rivas and Namdi Azamwa. Oh, Namdi Azamwa, Namdi Azamwa. I was like, oh my god, guys. And that was that was during the lockout, and so everyone was like, "Is Namdi coming here?" It's, it's like, bro, Namdi Azamwa. Everybody, everybody, every single free agent should come here. Every, but that's more the Jets fans that get mad. The Knicks fans, 
They don't really get upset when one player no, don't come here. No, no, no. no. They just it's they more either, that the narrative want, comes. Yeah, is it's either they do want them to come here or they want their own homegrown talent to be the superstars. No, but I'm saying the narrative like is built around the the hype and the player, and then it kind of just like gets tossed on us when we don't get him. You know what I mean? It, I don't really think that the Knicks fans get stirred up. No, uh, you, with 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 getting disappointed and getting a player like, for example, Lonzo Ball, right? Big target for all of Knicks fans everywhere. Nobody you know has batted an eye since he's on Chicago. I know you know there's some injury news with him that just came out. Yeah, which is, which is not also doing, unfortunate. Knee not doing well. There's no. Um, it wasn't that. Uh, what was it? There's no. The surgery went well. There's no meniscus, setback right? there. I think so. Yeah, Shout I think out. so. Shout out Lonzo. Uh, knee there's, but there's no setback in the injury, but he can't put a lot of pressure while running on the knee. He feels a little... I feel you, Lonzo. I feel you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. <laughs> but yeah, so look, man, they're, they got Caruso back. They just need Lonzo Ball back to have uh, that stout defense that they had. But Caruso had a dope interview uh, on the JJ Redick podcast. I gotta check that uh, one out still. I still gotta check that one out. And Luca too. Mm. Was Caruso on JJ? I don't even. I can't even. He I was. He was. He, yeah, he and was. Luca too. Luca Doncic yeah. was a good one too. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, man. Look, are we gonna win these next two games, bro? Are you gonna give? Is there any? Is is there a defibrillator life here? Because this is it. I, I mean, already told you, one and one, one and one. We're being Atlanta. We're losing to Charlotte. <sighs> okay, well that'll be fine. That would yeah, still keep us alive, technically, because yeah, we're going to be is we're going to be Atlanta. We're going to beat Atlanta. Atlanta's five games out right now. If we beat Atlanta, we're four games out. Yes, we're going to beat Atlanta. We're going to lose to Charlotte. Charlotte's just—they're a good home team. They're a very good home team. I'm pretty um, sure. They're, are they losing at home right now? Are they losing at home right now? Let's no, they're, they're up. By, oh no, they're up by three. With one minute left versus the Pelicans at home, they were down for a while. I was scoreboard. Yeah, watching. I mean they're this, they're on a four game winning streak. They beat the Hawks to one sixteen to one hundred sixty. So that's has. over. Is that, okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. All right. So <laughs> John's like, stop killing my dreams. Stop killing my dreams. No, 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 no. Because I, you know, I'm realistic about it to to a certain extent, <laughs> and I understand that Hornets are you know are getting a little far apart. But you know that I've been talking about the Hawks here, which is sweet redemption, right? If we, you know, for if we beat them to be in the play-in, but it's sure. more than that, man. It's their schedule, like that's why I'm excited about it. They have a they have an intriguing schedule coming up, and you think the you think the Knicks have have a tough road ahead for them? Actually, not anymore. Knicks do not have a tough road to finish out. They they were at 17 for a while, according to Tankathon. They're now tied with nine. The ninth spot with the Lakers and New Orleans for a tough remaining schedule. So they have the Knicks coming up, which obviously has to, it's on TNT too, which is scary, but obviously the Knicks have to win that. So it'll be four games out. And then they play Detroit, which obviously they should win. But then they play Golden State, Indiana, Oklahoma City, Cleveland, Brooklyn, Toronto, Washington, Miami, Houston. To me, that's, let me, I'll give them one. Oh, I'm sorry. I read this wrong. Sorry. The Knicks have the twenty. I read the wrong thing. I was reading draft positioning. The Knicks have the twentieth difficult schedule to end the season. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks. Actually, the Hawks have the 29th. They're not according to Tankathon. Okay. 
So they got one. I would say I would say they're gonna lose. They're gonna beat Detroit, right? They're gonna yes. they're gonna they're gonna beat Indiana. Yeah. They're gonna beat Houston. That's at the end here. And I'll give them beating Washington. So but they, they should lose to all those top five teams because they got the Nets, Raptors, Cavs. Yeah, those are all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Warriors. Exactly. They should. So lose, they only, should. They should go so five hundred. One, two, three, four, five, five more wins for them in the whole season. If they get five more wins, Alex, can we get in there? Tell me, tell me, Mister Tridecaster. If the if that, like that's why I, I want to be realistic here. If if they only get five more wins here. Do the Knicks have a chance of making this playing game? And if you're screaming right now about the tank, just close this. Close yeah, it's not, it's close not, this it's YouTube not, and go home. This is not even. <laughs> we're so out of tank position right now. It is. Yeah, exactly. Tell no. me, man. I'm no? sorry, man. How many I'm, games? I will how get, many get, games would we have to win if they win five more? Probably well, if they win five more, we're a game and a half. We're we're a game behind them, right? We're four. We're, no, we beat. We'd be four games behind them. Oh, if we beat Atlanta, how many games would yeah. we have to win? Four, or we're four games behind them, and then they win five more games. So that we have one, two, three. So we'd have to win. We have I 10 like games remaining. I feel What's like we have math? to win. What's that math? What? We have to gain. If they four. win oh, wow. five. We'd have we'd to win nine, home. right? Seven. Oh, no. Oh, no, they can't win, win five. F- okay. Yeah, okay. This is a problem. All right. Yeah. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah, it's getting, it's getting out of hand here. <laughs> okay, I yeah, I have done we, the math live. <laughs> it's getting out of hand. <laughs> we, we saw the smoke coming from John's ears. It was burning. He figured it out. This is a very yeah. tough situation. I am. <laughs> it's getting out of hand here. I, really, I, no I more losses. No more. Like when the Knicks really can't lose any more games, it's just like an issue. Here. Yo, you're gonna have to tell. Hey, Knicks, you can't lose to the Nets. Oh, not that one. Uh, you can't lose <laughs> to the Hornets. Oh, you got them twice. Oh, sorry. Can't lose to the Rap. Oh, Raptors. Uh, you can't lose to the Cavs. Oh, wait, wait. You can't lose well, to Miami. Honestly, oh, Miami. Exactly. That's the, that's the first issue. Like Atlanta is going to be a crazy the, honestly game. the one that's more realistic. Even though they, I don't even think they could beat them, is the Bulls. The Bulls is the game where I'm like, you may have a chance, but you probably don't. <laughs> Damn. Damn. And then they're going to lose some stupid game to like even when the All easiest right. points. What they say is like the Magic. I'm like, just chalk that one up, Snell man. I can't take this team anymore. That's really how I feel because they're going to make a game out of the Pistons, the Wizards, and the the Hawks. Actually, I feel like we should beat. But all right, listen, we have eleven games left. What's our record in these eleven games? Oh man, predict us getting four wins. All right, I want eight wins, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'll middle out. I'll go with six. Okay. Greg, Greg, are you here, man? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm laughing the whole time. With I, want eight. I want eight. What do the we got? Pause, for- the pause after you said four was just laughing out loud. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, man. Greg, what do you four, got for the next four? Like, if you, that means if you split the Atlanta Charlotte, like you said. That means there's only three three wins left that we play like for another two three weeks, bro. Oh my god! Like, I mean, I'm, yeah, I think but, like I, in those games like Orlando, Detroit, like we're not gonna. Yo, yeah, th- th- here's the thing though: we've seen this team not beat teams that they should be beating. 
I know, but like, I, this, that, this, is that's a tough, thing. this is a tough proposition for me. And I, that's it. We're going to see like two more wins for the rest of the year. You know, your face, <laughs> your, I can't wait. People got to watch the YouTube video if you don't, if you're at this point, if you're at this point of the podcast, salute to you. Thank you for, for staying in tune with us. But John's face right there where you just see like four. I'm falling in, I'm falling more in Alex's camp. I think we got four or five maybe left in us. Yeah. Woo, just five. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Rich, my blood. <laughs> yeah. I want eight. Yeah, that's, I'm not insane. Um, this is also the same guy who was out here promoting Vermont, so I'm not I'm not surprised. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that was disgusting. That was disgusting. Right here. Oh. Dude, we are Albany alum. How dare you shout out Peter Hooley. Peter Hooley for life. Thank for you. For life. <laughs> for life. Peter Hooley. The only you name me another college basketball team that takes two brothers from Australia and their cousin and hoops for an entire season. You tell and me. You name you name me another one that that kicks that the other team out of the whole conference. Sony Brooks out of the whole damn conference because the Albany. Let's go. Let's go. Our conference. Slash yeah, let's go. Yeah, get the who's what the fuck is even <laughs> a sea, what's a sea wolf, man? I've never seen a sea wolf in my life. <laughs> Binghamton's a bear cat. At least I know what that is. <laughs> Seeing that around. Yeah. Shout out to Vermont. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Well, on that note, I think this is a good place to end. Ah, uh, man. This season, man. This season. I see 11 more wins coming. I don't know about you. You Why? What? <laughs> <laughs> 11 and 0, baby. Let's going go. 11 and 0. No losses until next Greg, season. is this man a crazy person? Always. He always is. That's why I love him, though. <laughs> He's always an eternal optimist, always talking crazy, but sometimes it comes true. Six wins, baby. Give me at least six wins here. That's our bottom. That's our floor. That's our floor. He says six, six wins and are- five. Yeah, six, six and five is our floor, bro. Give me a freaking break. If we're not going to go 500 <laughs> in the playoff push, I'm going to go nuts. Yes, six <laughs> and five is the floor. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, I'm not Play and push. Get it right. Play and push. Not playoff push. Play and push. I'm just, yeah, like, like that, that, that's not asking for a lot, dude. We should get eight. It should be eight and three if you want to, like, have a shot. We should be. Yes, I agree with you. In theory, this team should be. But we've watched this team throughout an entire season, John. It's like the, this is like the Jets. Whenever I say like twelve and four, it becomes four and twelve. So honestly, at this point, like we're gonna go three and eight. I I I, I totally see it. You are still very early into your thirties. Wait until the salty New York sports <laughs> fandom comes out, man. Dude, I'm I, telling you, honestly, telling you. Man, listen, I know I I I'm young, so I did I haven't like experienced in real time. You know the agony of. You know, maybe the the Kotite Jets or the Carol Jets, like I wasn't like, or you know, I wasn't there for whatever it is, like the the Larry Brown Knicks. I wasn't like an old guy, like the Lenny Wilkins Knicks. I'm with you, but dude, I felt the pain. I have I have endured that pain. Like I have I have felt all of it with the freaking Jets and the, and the damn Knicks, bro. Like you know, I'm, if I like Malik Rose lineups and and Alexi Sved. Like I've seen it all, man. David Lee was my champion for like six years. Like I've I've, I've been through hell. With these two but teams, have you been through I'm hell bitter. unless you have you have you been through hell unless you watched Rick Pitino's New York Knicks? I haven't got to watch that, so I can't even say I have. Yeah, I mean, like, dude, we're, like we're talking about Jalen Brunson. Like, it's all about remember Rick Brunson. That's why we like him so much because Papa Brunson. We're watching him, and we thought he was the champion. He stunk. He's just like chilling. Uh, I don't know. I've, oh, I. Man. I, I'm I'm still sticking with the I need six and five here to end the season at least over five hundred. 
But come on, dude. Give me eight. Like, you can't lose to Atlanta, Charlotte, Charlotte. You can't lose to Orlando. You can't lose to Detroit. Have some balls beat Brooklyn. That's it. Toronto's going to go to sleep the last game of the season. They're going to bench their players. Not going to need the game. Washington sucks. Break KP's legs. Call it a day. <laughs> They're winning four games, John. I hate to tell you. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware. And on that note, <laughs> thank you everyone for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks Jets, etc. podcast. If you're looking for eternal optimism, someone to walk <laughs> with you on the beach and just, you know, make your days seem sunny and sunshine and rainbows, John Malik is here for you. So make sure to hit him up. His number, no, I'm not giving you his number. Come on now, guys. But thank you for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks Jets, etc. podcast. You know what to do. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us a five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to leave a comment. That just helps us out. We're on YouTube now. So make sure to type in Nick's Jets, etc. That's Nick's comma Jets, comma ETC, period. Find the page. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. When you watch a video, hit the like button. Leave us a comment. We'll always interact. Like I said, we got Cam Reddish talks. All right. Go make sure to check out that clip right there. It's on TikTok too. Don't worry, I'm getting to the social media later. But while you're at the YouTube page, make sure to check out Winning Picks Weekly. John, video producer Greg, go down. Usually the NFL slate. They'll give you some NBA takes, whether it's on TNT, ESPN, ABC, all right, NBA TV. No matter where, when, they'll give you their takes. But don't worry, they're also doing March Madness. They're coming back. They're coming back to do it again. They're coming back to redo their brackets to give you the takes. Money line, spreads, overs, unders, you name it. They got you there. Can I just say one thing? There's a little, a little bit of breaking news here. Sure. We're wearing a former Nick. Uh-oh. Jamal Crawford officially calling it quits. Thank you. I like that. I, I love Jamal Crawford, man. I love Jamal Crawford. Not that I like that he's retiring. I like that you brought that up because I wish I did bring that up earlier because Jamal Crawford was one is one of my favorite Knicks. And I loved when he was on that team with Nate Robinson and Stephon Mulberry because just him alone, dude. Jay Crossover, his handles, the way he could shoot the ball, just his creativity on the court is just, my God, just makes you fall in love with the game of basketball. Him and Lou Williams, maybe you just got to name it after both of them for being like just six men of the year, like all freaking time because they're just some of the best six men we've ever got to watch play this game. But shout out to Jamal Crawford, Jay Crossover for such a phenomenal career. And now last and certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. We are there. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another Knicks episode. Wait, one Knicks more thing. Podcast. Uh-oh, one more. One more thing. Uh-oh. Email from the Knicks season tickets. Should the Knicks not qualify for the first round of the 22 NBA playoffs? The membership pricing will remain unchanged for the 21-22 rate. So now we got to tank so we don't have to pay more money next year? Is that what you're telling right now? That's how it's always been. Are the Knicks team tank? Are the Knicks team tank right now? That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting email. Anyway, sorry, that just pulled up on my screen. So I had to read it out loud. Are the Knicks team tank? Uh, or do they want the Knicks to make the playoffs so they can pay more money? Yeah, of course they want to make uh, raise the raise the prices. That's so interesting. I, was like, I never heard of it. Like the Jets have been doing that for a while. For apparently, 
Well, dude, the construction around, I mean, we are off the rails, but the construction around the garden is insane. Like, there yes. is, I can't even see the garden anymore. Like, right now, like, when I drop, you would have no idea it's Madison Square Garden. There are, it's just, like, black, and, like, it's, it's the traffic is crazy. But the the thing is, Dolan pays for it. Right? You see that the issue with Buffalo is us, as New York taxpayers, we're paying for that new stadium up in the Buffalo Bills. And You're welcome, Buffalo. James Dolan, he doesn't get a dime from the city for his renovations. However, he does get a tax break. So, a little politics one on one in sports. Shout there out Andrew go. Brand, business and sports. One of my favorite podcasts. There you go. And that's why I listen to John. Gives you all those updates. Andrew Brand, my boy. Who's wrong about Aaron Rodgers, though? Sorry, <laughs> We are that's completely off the rails. We are completely <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Wrong. For two- Brent was wrong. They were wrong. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is what the New York Knicks do to you at, end of, at the end of the podcast. But thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. We'll catch you later this week. We out. Shefty was wrong, Alex. Let's go, Knicks. <laughs>